Hello. I just want to say hello to the five fish fangirls. No, no, that's wrong. I want to say to the hello to the five ish fangirls. Yes, that's right. Yes, yes, that's correct. Anyway, hello, 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 hello. That's five hellos to the five fish ish fangirls. Bye. Continue all the way to episode 412 of the Five Ish Fangirls podcast. I hope you're ready for a show about death. Welcome, everyone, everyone, to this week's episode of the Five Ish Fangirls podcast. So glad you joined us. Let's start off like a dork from the virtual table and see who's joined us this week. This is Chrissy from Salt Lake City. This is Holly from Wisconsin. And this is Rachel from Indianapolis, Indiana. I myself am strange and unusual. <laughs> this one, this one does have a lot of great yeah. quotable. Yes. Yeah. So we'll get there. Yeah. yeah. You know, that inner goth that I ne- that that never came out when I was a teenager is is all the rebellion that I never did when I was a teenager. Apparently, when now that I'm hit forty, is like woo. So. Uh, I can relate a whole lot more now than when I first saw it. Yeah, really. (laughs) Because now you have money and your own place and and a little more autonomy than you you did as a that is true as a wee one. That is true. And you can sympathize with the frustration of certain people. Yes. Well, but first things first, we need to do the news. Not a whole lot um although marvel finally everyone's been itching at the bit we're all like okay we've got guardians 3 we've got the marvels uh, not until november where's the rest of it so (laughs) we finally got a trailer proper trailer for secret wars coming this june to disney plus so we were almost ready with the microphone tap 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 hey this thing on (laughs) yeah really yeah so we won't have to wait too long which is good so but it's gonna be very very interesting just Uh to find out what we thought we knew maybe has been bullshit this entire time (laughs) and and, and why do i get that we're going to get the meme with jack nicholson from a few good men you can't handle the truth (laughs) yeah really i I imagine that's gonna be well i mean considering we're gonna get this knowing we're gonna get secret invasion Uh so as a film (laughs) in the future um leading up to i believe that's due out before king dynasty or maybe it's the other way around i can't remember disney keeps changing stuff that's why i write things in pencil anyway uh so having the you know the the scrolls potentially have been hanging around longer than maybe we thought (laughs) so could be it could be interesting so i kind of hate at least with the trailer that they're making that they're they 
at least with the trailer, they've got Nick Fury doing that whole, oh, it's my responsibility. I have to be the one. I have to do this alone. Like, ugh, really, Nick Fury? Yeah. You've been yeah. doing this how long? Mm-hmm. You joined you 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 were you'd were you had already worked your way up a decent way into Shield by the nineties. Like you've been at this for like <laughs> you know over yeah. several decades at this point, as far as the MCU is concerned. Like you know, yeah. going alone is not how it works. Uh-uh. No, yeah, that's <laughs> Not 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 my favorite trope in uh-uh. anything, and I I could no. list off a few that I'm like, really guys, like yeah, like, I I have get, yeah. get your head get your head out of your your hind end. Yeah, you know how this works. You this is a team thing. Yeah, I I, I imagine I imagine that Hill will probably try to put a kibosh in that real quick, uh, mm-hmm. and I'm sure she'll probably help have some help from uh. Oh crap! What's his face? I can't think of the the scroll's name. Uh, oh, Cap Marvel. So yeah, the one played by Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah. So. So yeah, he's yeah. he's gonna have people around him. He may try to pull the solo card, but he's got people around him. They're gonna be like, "Ah, eh, no, sorry, dude." <laughs> That's not the way we roll around here. No, and it never has been. So get that stupid thought out of your head. Yep. Uh, oh. It just creates unnecessary angst. Yep. In my in my humble opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um. So that's really it for the news. It's been kind of quiet recently. Yeah, there's been a lot of craziness going on yeah people are a bit in bit kind of on the back foot on some of these things but we'll see how it all shakes out yeah well we're in that you know transition period it's like when we hit summer like stuff will start yeah. like we'll get san diego comic-con and all the all the fun stuff so mm-hmm. we'll get the all sorts of shenanigans so um so there's that little bit of uh housekeeping mm-hmm. we are in a new month yes we are easy it is to think it's yep. now april uh-huh no fooling <laughs> nope. well mother nature doesn't seem to think so uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's Mother got Nature did, hat firmly yeah. affixed on head, right? Yeah. As as yes. much as I've bitched the last couple of years when it snowed on April Fools, considering we had tornadoes, um, I would rather take the snow, please and thank you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, I will, well, I will. I'll send some to you if I can. Ba- if I can package it up, we're under a winter storm warning till yeah. tomorrow. But anyway, <laughs> so yes, it is April. Yes. Regardless of what the weather says, but uh, yeah. so Holly was about to talk about uh, book, book club. club. Book, book club. Book club yes. It is a big finish audio and Alien Werewolf in London, which is a seventh doctor and I believe ace audio. And book choices for me. 
I kept a few of them the same and then added a goodie. Uh, Stone Rose, Clockwise Man, and Return of Robin Hood. I just thought I'd keep those in rotation for a little bit, and then I will switch those out. And then the last choice, I thought because we're getting close to the 60th, why don't we toss in the 50th anniversary big finish <laughs> for Doctor Who, A Light at the End. So mm. go ahead and pick your make your choice, and we will see what comes up for me. All righty. Awesome. Sounds like a Yes. Good choices all around. Yes. Yep. Oh. Go, go cast your vote. Yes. Sometimes uh, it gets a little to... hard to decide which ones to pick. It's like, oh, we've done that one already. We've done that one already. But who yeah. knows? I might toss some of the ones that we haven't mm-hmm. done in three or four years and toss those yeah. back in. And well, you know, and also because I keep, you know, I, I, you know, I get the, all the big finish. Um, promotional the emails and they're like look what's new this month and I'm like and my my bank account is crying because uh-huh. they, they've changed how they've done everything and I'm like yes ah, I don't know I can't keep up guys but this no. one looks good and this one looks good and wish list wish list wish list wish list I, wait, wait, I, wait, I have I have I have a friend clicky 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 I have a friend that specifically because I for that reason I try not to pay attention to the big finish <laughs> emails and stuff uh, if i could help it because uh it's really easy to <laughs> drop a few uh drop a few pounds in their direction uh Ooh, i don't mean wait no, no but yeah. i've got a i've got a friend that when they're having a sale specifically on six doctor stories he makes sure to send me a message don't let me know <laughs> oh. oh rachel <laughs> Do I happen to know this friend? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay. It's not the Only... one I'm thinking of. No. <laughs> so, uh, okay, I shouldn't yeah. be giving that other friend that we both know, I shouldn't be giving them any ideas. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> no. Uh, I just double checking, I do have. Alien Werewolf in London, correct? Yes. Okay, I just double checking that I had it. I get that list too. Maybe I'll squeeze it in after my current audiobook, which is taking longer than I thought it would, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. This one looks interesting. Should be good. Yep. All right. So, uh, checking in with the feeds of course we've got latest episode of gold standard or finished out latest episodes actually of gold standard so we finished out the 90s and have started the 2000s with Ooh, wow 1999 best picture american beauty with sean i'm pretty sure sean is about ready to get to get his punch card uh completed so that he can get one show free um <laughs> I, I gotta i gotta say i've never seen american beauty but what but like the clips and the commentary i have seen about it that seemed like a weird movie it is yeah that was never is anything not like aged that. well <laughs> oh i can imagine yeah nope 
So, yes. uh, so there's that. And then we have started out the 2000s with Gladiator with returning finally my husband. <laughs> nice. Yay, Chauncey! So Wait. Now that that one has Russell Crowe in it, right? Yes, yes it, it does. does. Okay, okay. I was like we get back to back Russell Crowe's because the next movie is also a Russell Crowe movie. A beautiful mind? <laughs> a beautiful mind. Yeah. He was he was kind of on a tear there for a little bit yeah. in the early 2000s yep. if memory serves. Or as I like to call it, the start of what should have been a triple crit, uh, three years running winning streak for Peter Jackson. But, uh -huh. you know, yes, I'll, that uh, too. But, but I'll, uh, I'll hold that rant for the next episode. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I, I don't doubt it. I have a few choice words of my own, but since I'm not going to be on that particular episode. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm excited to know that we're, you know, that we're finally getting to Return of the King and get to talk Lord of the Rings very, very soon. But at the same time, it's like I really wish we were talking about Lord of the Rings three episodes in a row. So really should have been as much as I like Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> well, mm, yeah. the musical, not the. I mean, I like the city well enough. I hate the sh the traffic in Chicago. <laughs> Chicago, I yeah, love you. I, you got a lot of stuff, but your traffic sucks. <laughs> see, see, I, I have a, I, I have a little, I have a beef with, with Chicago because of a certain basketball team in the nineties. Oh <laughs> yes, you know, beat down mm -hmm. my basketball team, and I'm just, I'm, I never got over it. I was thirteen. I was at Dapples. that game. Dapples. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone goes on and on about great Michael Jordan was, and I'm just like, yeah, but he, anyway, don't get me started on that. But yes, <laughs> Chicago, Chicago. I'm sure there are lovely people in your city, but your basketball team blows. <laughs> and, and we can say the same thing from that SNL thing for the football team. I'm saying it firmly, Tanya. The Sheik. Bears still suck. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can direct uh, any and all hate mail towards me, but hey, I, I, I rib, I, I can sympathize. Or to a certain yeah. contestant who was just on the mass singer, no spoilers. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There there are certain among us who are just like anyway. Oh, I, yeah. I could I, I could give you my sob story, but I won't. Yeah. Maybe at maybe at another appro more appropriate venue. But anyway, yeah. Chicago. <laughs> Tangents, Lord of the Rings, Gold Standard. Go, go listen to Gold Standard. That's what we were getting to. Yes, I was, I was, I was connecting all the dots. <laughs> yeah. Long story short, <laughs> TLDR. Go listen to Gold Standard. So, um, and then I did a guest appearance. I guess is the appropriate terminology for it on a uh, podcast called the Happy Pill Podcast. Um, oh. I, stumbled, I stumbled across Ursula and her show um, in the various podcasting <laughs> spheres that I hang out on the internet. Um, mm -hmm. But hers is a mental health and wellness podcast. 
Um, so I was on talking about mostly cover, talking about my personal experience with seasonal affective disorder. Ah, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, if you want to get uh, my perspective of what it's like with seasonal depression, well, there you go. And, and you'll understand why uh, we bitch about the weather so much on here. <laughs> yes. So. It, it, yeah. yeah. Again, there's another rant. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. but, so I mean. there is, there's that. Uh, so you can go listen to that ursula's super nice she's canadian so of course she's super nice uh <laughs> so but uh you know she's not necessarily like you know a psychologist or a psychiatrist she's just someone else who has dealt with stuff in her life and is trying to um help uh give a platform to people so that they can speak about their uh own uh personal you know dealings with uh with mental health to help break the stigma that surrounds mental health so excellent That's yep so and i probably could have kept on talking <laughs> so at some point i'm probably gonna have to go back on her show so. <laughs> <laughs> like we'll put a pin in this and start up again yep <laughs> well that sounds awesome so I'm glad you found her. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. um, okay. I'm going to try <laughs> to give a Cliff Notes recap of Lexington <laughs> Comic oh, and Toy yes. Expo. So the reason we did not have a show last week is because I came down with Concrud in the absolute worst way possible. Uh -oh. And uh, I'll let you fill in the blanks with that because odds are you probably will be right. So, <laughs> whatever uh, you're imagining. Whatever yeah. you're imagining <laughs> probably happened and Chauncey just deserves a gold medal, if not a purple heart for Chauncey. Uh, <laughs> he Thank really took the in sickness and in health part of the, of the vows. <laughs> very very seriously <laughs> oh that's very so, sweet yeah <laughs> so yeah i thought i was just tired and as the day went on um i realized that it was more than that <laughs> and that it got really ugly really quickly uh, uh at least at least you're on the mend yes yes you had a good you had a good nursemaid to to take care of yes Yes, yeah. and and it and it did not hit until after we were per you know at home. Well, safe that's and good. Sound. So that's it's good. not like I started getting sick while we were out of town. So Ooh, yeah, traveling while sick never any fun. Yeah, no. Um. So, but yeah, we got to Lexington uh, Thursday evening, um, which from Indy is not the worst drive ever. Actually, it's like under three hours so um yeah i call that i call that a good a good uh a decent driving time very doable um got checked into our hotel um we we were staying at the marriott 
that okay so there's there's two marriotts literally connected to each other but they're two different hotels they just both happen to be a marriott one is a marriott and then the other is a marriott residence in uh, yeah. whatever like that so it's more like instead of hotel it's rooms the, they have like the kitchenettes yeah it's stuff. kind of like a it's kind of like a mini apartment i've seen yeah. i've stayed in those before yeah so we were so not, uh, we yeah. knew we were gonna have like a, a, a fridge a microwave you know coffee maker but every hotel room has those um you know something kind of resembling a stovetop ish um so but i purposely picked that hotel because it was within walking distance of the convention center and it offered free breakfast so (laughs) Uh i'm always down for free breakfast free breakfast (laughs) for the win and they and the residents they do they do really good free breakfast yes yes they do as far as hotel breakfasts go so yeah. Um, so we got there. We checked in. They ended up upgrading us. Oh, nice! To a Ooh. corner suite, which was nice for Chauncey because Chauncey spent pretty much the entire weekend in the room working. <laughs> but because we were in the corner suite, we had these huge windows nice. that li- looked out to the like government building, the state building. Uh-huh. Um, and, um, thankfully by Saturday, the sun came out. So it was a bit more justifiable. Like, even though he was stuck inside, he could have the curtains open and all this nice sunlight could come in. He saw cor- people walking corgis at one point outside. So I was Aww. very jealous. Um, so it was, a, it was a lot of room, way more room than the two of us needed, but I, pre- I, I appreciate the upgrade at, at, at pays to be a, a, a loyal you know <laughs> if if you travel or you know find yourself going to someplace even on a semi-regular basis even if you're not like die hard if they offer some sort of like loyalty program for free take sign them up because you mm. never know when you might get a nice fancy upgrade in your hotel room <laughs> so <laughs> um worth it yeah yeah, so uh, we got to our room. I went to bed. Um, I got up early the next morning to go over to the convention center to pick up my badge. I will say that I did attend on a press badge, so I did not have to pay for my ticket to the convention, um, which, again, I appreciate. Um, <laughs> I was going to go anyway, but I figured, what the hell, I'll apply for a press badge. And they were like, here, you get a press badge. I'm like, sweet, you just saved me several hundred dollars. Worst they could uh, say is no. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you'd still, you know, buy your Right. Ticket. Exactly. Um, so, uh, and it was raining. It was disgusting. Um, but it is what it is. There's, tech technically, there is not a hotel connected to the convention center. There is a hotel connected to the Rupp Arena which sits in between said hotel and convention center so uh, at least until you got your badge there was no way to go cut through until so you had to go outside no matter what to get Mm. into the convention center 
Um, it's just a matter of how long were you outside. Um, so, but the convention didn't start until noon on Friday, but I knew that the ticket lines were going to be open really early Friday morning. I'm like, oh, I'm going to beat the line. I'll get up, go, you know, get my badge, get breakfast, come back to the hotel. Then I can get properly cleaned up and ready for the day. I just went in like sweats and whatever. Um, and then I went back to the room and got properly cleaned up and put on my my proper clothes for the day did my makeup and my hair which got ruined in the rain i'm so glad i spent the money to get my hair done that thursday before um to get absolutely trashed <laughs> um but uh so friday my goal was warwick davis steve burns that that was my goal um uh, for friday um I did Warwick's autograph line first because I knew it was going to be long. And it was. It was quite long. He's very popular. Um, for very good reason. <laughs> Obviously. Um, so, uh, what's really funny, if you've been to these things a lot of times, that you will go up, um, you know, pay the, you know, whoever the, the person working the table, you will pay them the autograph if you haven't prepaid um in this case i prepaid for warwick so i don't have to worry about counting out my monies um and um you know they're like you know are you did you bring something to sign or would you like you know one of these eight by ten photos uh that the the person the celebrity tends to have um and i'm like nope i got you know my thing here to sign um, so I handed it over and as Warwick signs autograph, they just kind of factory line it, you know, trying to be as efficient <laughs> as possible. Um, so it got to me and they put my poster in front of Warwick and he was confused and the handlers he had with him were kind of confused. And finally, somebody's like, what is this? Because that was my Doctor Who poster that I've I've been collecting autographs on. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. So, because every other person it had been like a Star Wars poster, obviously, or yeah, something from the Leprechaun series or Harry Potter, and right. then here's random me with something Doctor Who, and even some of the people in line were like, "What, what is that?" I'm like, he was in an episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> and everyone's like and a lot huh? of people are like oh yeah he was wasn't he it's that one episode that everybody forgets about yeah. he played porridge he played, he played yeah. porridge emperor of the universe and it's it's an episode written by neil gaiman i mean like come on really <laughs> yes sci-fi fans you should get this yes like, 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 what more could you get? You get Doctor Who, you got Matt Smith being brilliant, you got Warwick Davis as a guest star, and it's an episode written by Neil Gaiman. So, um, so, uh, but I think, I think, it, I don't think Warwick gets a lot of Doctor Who stuff because it was, 
he's only been in it once and it was almost 10 years yeah. ago mm-hmm. so yeah. this, the episode so it's been a while he's done other stuff since but he did sign it and he put porridge underneath oh no his <laughs> signature Cute. so yeah it's all good uh, I'm gonna have to retire that poster I think that's the last one that's gonna be added to that poster because that poster cannot travel anymore without getting oh. significantly damaged um, well, time to frame it and get a new one yeah yeah <laughs> it's it, I mean when it's not being taken somewhere it lives in a frame but mm-hmm. then being taken out of the frame and then rolled oh, up sure. and then travel yeah. and then oh, come yeah, back and then furled and then shoved back in the frame <laughs> so yeah. yeah. So this next time it goes in a frame, it's staying in the frame, and I'm gonna have to find something else uh, to start collecting uh, autographs, Doctor Who autographs on. Because Lord knows I'm far from done. Uh, <laughs> and this I mean, is I've just got a lot, one. but I am far from done. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so that that was fun. Um, and then uh, I went and jumped in in Steve's line um and had a lot had a lot of fun talking with people while waiting in line um and uh finally getting to to meet steve it was funny because like i was talking to the gal in front of me and her husband and then eventually when it was almost her turn her husband went to go do something else because he was just keeping her company um but she was wearing a a classic like you know og D D t-shirt with like the og nice. like logo mm-hmm. on it uh-huh and steve asked her if she was gonna go see the movie she's like well you know maybe and he's like you're wearing like the og gary gackett's like design logo on there and you're telling me you're not gonna go see the movie <laughs> like steve was Side- offended that she was not gonna go see the D movie <laughs> sidebar yeah. movie was awesome yeah, I've not seen it yet. I have not gone to see it. Uh, yeah, we, we, good. we've heard good things. So it's we good. Will, yeah. We, we got to go see Mario this weekend, though, because yeah. Alex, but uh, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to do a double feature or something, D&D and Mario. Uh, <laughs> team Owl, team Owl Bear. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I think Steve convinced her that she needs to go see the movie. Uh, so it was my turn. I said, well, if we're talking D&D, what, kind of, what class do you play? <laughs> and he's like, well, you know, I, I've played lots of times at different classes. And he's like, my favorite, that one character that I like really did well and leveled up, you know, got really good stats for. And I, I can't remember because I, I I've only played D&D twice. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know all the classes is it was some sort of fighter but i don't remember exactly yes yeah, so i don't know if it was a paladin oh. or something There's, it was some sort of some sort of fighter, fighter ranger yeah roguish rogue is kind of be a fighter yeah it wasn't a rogue yeah, it wasn't a rogue because like, i okay. i told him i prefer rogues because i like to stab stuff and he uh-huh. said that he's <laughs> like yeah absolutely that's 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 correct so yeah so in, I I got to talk Dungeons and Dragons with Stephen Blue's class. Nice. So if I told me that was going to happen, I would have been like, "Yeah, right." <laughs> Amazing. I can just, what, I can what? just picture it now. Yeah. Steve DME with Blue and Pepper and <laughs> <laughs> Roll for Initiative. 
yeah well you know and blue well you know blue's clues like looking for the clues that's kind of a dungeon crawl sort of thing yeah because you gotta you gotta find all the clues you gotta go Mm -hmm. on adventures to find them so you know Mm -hmm. alley is at work (laughs) let's just hope that mailbox is not a mimic Um. yes exactly yeah (laughs) well he'd be he'd be he'd be a benign yeah. <laughs> um so but yeah then i got i got steve's autograph i i, I had this photo and i knew i had this photo back in the day when blues clues was on and steve was on it i was a huge fan granted i'm a few years older than the core demographic that they were trying to reach at the time is Blue's Clue. Blue's Clue started in 96. I was 13 when Blue's Clue started. So. Let's see. Um, <laughs> high school age. So yeah. But that cute little blue puppy dog. I mean, come on. I mean, I yeah, little, like Blue. I, had, had, yeah. I mean, yeah. But even, even Chauncey, because I was talking to Chauncey about, you know, when we were walking to dinner one of the nights, I was telling him about it. Mm, He's like, and he called me out on it. He's like, you were in love with Steve. I'm like, yes, I was in love with Steve. Uh, I was 13 and hormonal, and there's this guy uh, on my TV. So, my story is, I had 13 had old me was in love with Steve. If I, I had little I sisters who watched for Blue, and I watched for Steve. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or if I, I didn't even have that excuse, it was just me. <laughs> And if I was babysitting and I had options for the kids, I would nudge them towards the Blue's Clues because I'm like, that one I can deal with more than Barney yeah. and some of the other ones. Yeah. Please, yes, puppy. Yeah, yes, absolutely. I will take the bow, wow, wow yeah. versus, yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I knew I had, I, I had a, I had a, a blue. Mm-hmm. I had a blue at the time. And um, she was much like the Duffdoor is now, where she went with me a lot of places, um, uh-huh. including when I was 16. <laughs> on my high school band's trip to California. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> and I knew I had a photo, a copy of a photo somewhere of my mom and my two best friends from high school. Like outside LAX, you know, we just landed. We're a bunch of Midwestern high schoolers, and a lot of us this is the first time we've ever been to like, you know, California, someplace you know, exotic like that. When for when you're from Indiana, California is exotic. Mm-hmm. And I knew I had this photo of my two best friends and my mom standing outside of like the airport waiting for our our bus or whatever, and my mom holding my blue. Aww. So I knew where I knew what album it was in. I could not find the album to save my life. I spent 45 minutes tearing our apartment apart looking for <laughs> this album. And I finally found it. And then I had left this big old mess and Chauncey's like, why don't you get clean it up before we leave? I was like, no, that's a Sunday me problem. And it totally <laughs> was. Um but yeah, I, t- I I totally took that with me, and, and Steve signed it, and he 
asked Aww. if he could draw a mustache on my mom and i told him he could and he, he still didn't do it i, I don't know what is with these celebrities they keep asking to draw mustaches on my stuff and i tell them they can and then they don't do it <laughs> vincent d'onofrio is like can i draw a mustache on captain america i'm like absolutely does he do it no steve offers to deface my mom does he do it no Maybe they start telling him no. Maybe I need to start telling him no, and then they'll need to feel rebellious or something. I don't know. Opposite day. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Reverse psychology. Yeah. Um, and I told him how my 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 16th birthday, you know, girls, they you know, like MTV for what was it MTV VH1, one of the those channels there had like my super sweet 16 show. And, you know, these teenagers, when they have their 16th birthday, they just go, like, big all-out crazy parties and all this stuff. I'm like, yeah, my 16th birthday, I had a costume party, and we watched Blue's Clues and played the Blue's Clues board game. <laughs> but look, Steve gave me. <laughs> he was like... Nothing I think, wrong with that at all. No, there's absolutely not, nothing wrong with it, but it's just like I think he's still I think he's I think he's still in like that Christopher Eccleston phase where he's just started doing conventions and mm -hmm. trying to wrap his head around the fact that there's like this big old fandom of all of these people <laughs> that have some sort of like you know emotional Connection. tie to them and whatever it is they did you know for chris a lot of people he he was their first doctor you know when doctor who returned in 2005 uh you know for steve he was a he was the face of a lot you know the that a lot of kids and teenagers turned to in the mid-90s so on on their tv um so because I, I you know he 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 was very nice with adults um i saw more than one person crying there was a full-grown adult i totally get it i cried all over colin baker i get it um <laughs> um but i could definitely tell when it, when a child appeared in front of him he became more steve-like so the be, being in front of children i think is still easier for him and it's just going to take time and doing more conventions and more fan experiences, I think, will help him realize that, like, oh, yeah, this this is a thing. This is this is a part of my life, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, but he was he was very nice. Um, and then um, I grabbed a quick lunch with Chauncey. Uh, we had pizza, uh, of course um there's a, a chain of restaurants called pies and pints and that's that's exactly what it sounds like pizza and a lot of beer on tap so you know totally up our alley um and then i had to run <laughs> i had to dash and lead him with the check which was fine uh because then i had my photo ops so i did my photo op with warwick davis again you know very much efficient getting us through you know walk up say hi turn to the camera smile the photographer checks to make sure nobody sneezed or blinked or did anything weird if it's good you move on um so it's a it's a short experience but it's fine uh and warwick davis even though both of my encounters with him were very short he's very polite 
So I will give him that, you know, even if all he gets to do is say hi and thank you. Very much English gentleman, you know, very polite, mm-hmm. which you'd expect from from, you know, a, a fine English gentleman of his of his age. Um, and then I have my photo up with Steve um, and Steve asked to hold the duff door for the photo. Oh, cool. <laughs> like, oh. I, I'm not going to say no. Uh, so, um, so that was fun. Um, and then uh, I finally got to the vendor floor. I'd been waiting in lines all day. <laughs> so I didn't get to the vendor floor until late Friday. Um, and I only got like a short I only got a few aisles before, you know, it was almost closing time. I was like, I gotta get back to the hotel room and eat, you know, eat something for dinner. Um, so uh, I did buy some books, which I don't have in front of me. Uh, they were they were used all Doctor Who, of course. Um, I know one of them was Sophie Aldred's that she wrote recently, um, the Ace the Ace story that she wrote. So but I can't for the life of me remember what the other ones are. <laughs> I've been sick. Um, and then Saturday, Saturday was cosplay day. So the, the, the time buster came out um, and uh, spent most of the day on the vendor floor, trying to cover uh, as much ground as possible. Uh, saw some really cool cosplays. I posted all my photos on our Facebook page Um so you can see those. I still have to go through all my video, um, but it was quite it was quite fun to to walk the vendor floor and see all the the different cosplays, very cool cosplays. Of course, their local Rebel Legion five hundred first Mandos were there. Their local Ghostbusters group was there. They had an Ecto one, which was really cool, um, which was uh, pretty awesome. Um, uh, you know, and uh, just really just wandering the the vendor floor, trying not to impulse buy stuff. <laughs> if I very, could help very it, hard to do. I was on a budget. I knew how much money I needed to spend for autographs, and I tried to budget down to the dollar. So I was trying not to impulse buy anything. Um, you know, the books were were inexpensive they were they were used already and then they had them marked out even further i think i spent no more than four dollars on a single book so that i wouldn't call it necessarily an impulse buy uh at least not an expensive one i spent less than twenty dollars on books uh so uh but one of the things i did impulse buy that i knew was a thing but did not realize it was going to be a thing at this particular convention. I got a new tattoo. Technically oh, two. Nice. <laughs> so that was my impulse buy. <laughs> Lexi did with two tiny tattoos that are uh, now on the outside of my right wrist. I have the uh, the Norse um, symbol for the self and then the alchemy symbol for the sun now tattooed on my on my person that uh, that's a thing that you can do at conventions sometimes so it was funny because uh, some people you'd see people walk by and they'd see people getting tattooed and they'd see like the books of designs and stuff and they'd be like 
the tattoo and i'm like yeah actually it's more common than you think it's it's way more common at like the horror conventions from what i understand but some of the other bigger conventions now are having like dedicated like tattoo areas in the vendor area <laughs> so that's cool so you might want to be prepared folks that uh you may leave a comic convention with an autograph and or some ink yep or and, um, maybe ink of said autograph <laughs> i did see that <laughs> i did see someone getting their autographs tattooed on their person i don't know who they were but i did see that um so um uh and then i i entered the cosplay contest which was interesting because i'd never done a cosplay contest at an event that big before um one where they did prejudging <laughs> because of the amount of contestants um so it's weird at a convention that size to be on that side um i missed the panel sunday for cosplay the cosplay contest feedback right there and then so i'm gonna have to figure out how to like send an email um because i really wish that they would have had a way because like gen con does this where they they keep part of the seating just for the contestants so that unless it, they're waiting backstage because it's just you know it's just about their time to go on stage they're not missing the contest um and they're not especially the awards at the end so like none of us knew we knew who won because those people would be taken from the room we were being sequestered in but we don't know what they won oh gotcha so they never told us and then when it was over they just let us go wow. so it's like okay I, the people that won stuff they totally deserved it they were so they were all, all people that i totally had pegged early on when just by seeing them like yeah you're probably gonna win something and you're probably gonna win something and you're probably gonna win something so it wasn't like you know i could probably hazard a guess at you know what they possibly won but it would have been nice if like they could have told us or like right they, yeah you know instead of being like taking the people out of the room quietly and like suddenly turning around and the person you were talking to five minutes ago is now gone they could have been like they could have been like you know contestant so and so won you know second place in the journeyman division you know or whatever mm -hmm. and i'm 99.9 percent .9 sure that pretty much everyone in that room would have been overjoyed for them and probably would have been clapping and cheering right so or at least yeah. know what ca categories were if you kind of had an idea yeah i mean they, they had it separated right by like experience level uh -huh. so like you know you had your your novices you know your your first you know, most likely your first time cosplayers uh people that have never been in a contest before um and then you had your journeyman which is what i was in where you've been in contests before you've cosplayed before um you've maybe one stuff but it's not anything like major mm -hmm. um so because obviously i've won a few times but not anything at like a major uh recognizable convention like hey how many of you know in conjunction and like maybe one person uh <laughs> to be like 
as opposed to somebody who's like, yeah, I want it like New York Comic Con. Right. That, that would that would be. Then then you have your your experts. Yeah, your expert level that you know, the people that put hours, hundreds of hours and lots of money and time into the really, really, really good cosplays. Um, so I knew that much what of those categories people were in, but I didn't know if they were doing like, you know, first, second, and third in each category, if they were doing like judges choice. You know, Gen Con, they have like a award specifically just for construction. Um, and then they have another one just for sewing. Um, so um, that's that was what I was interested in is if they were going to do any any anything like that. And I have no idea. Because I was in a room next door where I couldn't hear anything. So. But I had fun. Anytime I get to wear the Time Buster, it's always a good time. So, and I had a bag of Jelly Babies. So when people would be like, hey, nice costume, I'd be like, thanks. Would you like a Jelly Baby? And then they get very excited. Uh, <laughs> um, and then Sunday was uh, more standing in line, a lot more standing in line. But this time my goal or my, you know, my two, my two grabs were Anson Mount and Sam Raimi. Um, so um i did anson mount first um and he was very very kind um again um most people were there because of star trek strange new worlds obviously um although there were some people there because he's he's black bolt um in the mcu which is why i i cared um so I talked to him about uh, Inhumans and how I liked the show and I liked the fact that you know, I was pleasantly happy to see him in, in Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. I'm mm -hmm. sure that's not a spoiler at this point. Um, and he was very kind. He was get, he, he had his people giving out uh, ribbons. You know how sometimes at conventions you'll see people with ribbons attached to their badge. He was giving out red shirt ribbons. Nice. Uh, so um and then i waited forever for sam raimi <laughs> he had to have been the most popular person there next to kevin smith um and that's the thing is kevin smith was supposed to be there saturday and his flight got canceled and they managed to book him on a later flight, but he was not going to get in until really late Saturday night. So they had to move everything Kevin Smith that was supposed to be on Saturday to Sunday. Oh, and then wow. figure out how to accommodate all of the people who had Kevin Smith specific tickets versus the people who didn't, but were there still to see Kevin Smith and maybe only had a Saturday only badge. But really wanted to meet Kevin Smith, so then they had to figure out how to get them in on Sunday. <laughs> so, yeah, I do not envy the uh, the folks in charge of the ticketing nope. and the scheduling with all that. But besides Kevin Smith, I'm pretty sure Sam Raimi was the most the other most popular person there. They and they literally like every other line, if it was long enough to get out of the queue that was right in front of the person's table, they had the spillover elsewhere in still the ballroom we were in 
So like when I was waiting for Warwick, I had to go to the overflow line, which was over by a wall. Um, and then by Sunday, Warwick's line, they put the, they moved the overflow to the, the booth that was to the left of him. Cause that was, uh, what's his face from SpongeBob was not there on Sunday. So they just used his space as Warwick's overflow. That works. Um, yeah. But Sam Raimi's was so long that they sent us back into the utility area of the convention center back where like they were sorting like the dishes and the silverware. Wow. <laughs> and there was a loading dock. <laughs> so, because the line was so long. Um, it was it was kind of nice. But I mean, again, everybody who stood in line, we chatted, we talked about like you know, we'd show what we were getting signed, you know, if we'd brought something specific, the, the, there's gals behind me that are huge Wizard of Oz fans. So they had this print from Oz the Great and Powerful that had been mm -hmm. signed by pretty much everybody in the cast, except for Sam Raimi, who directed it. Um, cool. So, and it just so happened that one of the guys working that was there part of Sam Raimi's crew was also in Oz the Great and Powerful, and he offered to sign her print as well. So Sweet. she got a bonus autograph. Oh. <laughs> for having patience. Um, so good for her. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was, I had Wi-Fi. So, you know, I, I played games on my phone. Uh, <laughs> it did and, and it we we got moving so you know i had i had stuff to drink i had snacks i was fine um but it was just wild <laughs> to be like in the back <laughs> of, of the convention center um you know and then finally it's my you know my turn and i get up there and yeah <laughs> He's like, hi, I'm Sam. What's your name? <laughs> wow. I'm like, okay, Sam. Uh, <laughs> hi, I'm Rachel. Yeah, like, I'm Rachel. Like, you're not Sam Raimi. Like, you know, you're not the guy that brought us the Evil Dead franchise and Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man trilogy and, you know, <laughs> all this other stuff. Stuff. and now the mcu yeah, dr strange it was just wild because he was like hi i'm sam how are you <laughs> well it's nice to know he's down to earth you yeah. know <laughs> that all and all these people here waiting to get to beat him uh it's not gone to his head he's very nice very down to earth so um but uh yeah i got i got his signature he signed right next to anson's um uh, i got my professional photo with anson um um and then i did one last lap on the on the vendor floor i did my photos with the raincore and the and the basilisk nice. <laughs> which was really fun oh and i got i got to mention while we were waiting in the back um for for in line for sam raimi at one point warwick davis and his entourage uh -huh. came through you want to know how warwick davis was getting around that weekend on a segue, segue. <laughs> sweet <laughs> nice 
Yeah. But one of those, one of, not one of the ones with the handlebars, but the ones where you can just kind of lean forward and it'll go. Cool. Um, hey. And then I'm presuming his wife is the, the other person that was with him that she's in like an electric wheelchair. Because um, I, be, I believe she, you know, has the, I don't think she's quite as mobile as he is with the, the similar, uh, you know, condition. Um, but yeah, you know, just it's like, so now I can say that while I was waiting for Sam Raimi, I saw Warwick Davis on a Segway. So, cool. yay. Uh, <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I had, I had a lot of fun. Um, you know, uh, I, I stopped and I talked to Sylvester McCoy. Sweet. At one point. Um, and told him thank you for the birthday video. Um, that, that Chauncey got for me from him for my 40th. Um, he said, you're welcome. Um, I talked to, um, I, ta I talked to, to Steve Cardenas from Power Rangers. Oh, because uh, he didn't have anybody nice. at, at his, uh, at, at his table at one point, And I had, I had, hadn't seen him since before the pandemic um and obviously the the big 30th anniversary special is is getting ready to come out um th this month on netflix um so we were we were talking about that and he and i told him i was looking forward to the special and you know i've enjoying the the behind the scenes uh stuff that david yost has been posting and and steve was like yeah you know they told us to you know not they really didn't want us to have our phones, you know, because they, they want to try to keep this stuff on the DL, you know, spoilers and mm -hmm. like, he's like, it didn't occur to me till after the fact that I could have been taking video and photos and saving them till closer oh. to when it was safe to start yes. posting. Oh, darn it. Opportunity missed. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, for next time, Rachel. Yeah, that's what I told him. I said, well, you just need to, you know, you just you need to remember that for the 35th or whatever. He's like, I don't know if he's like, I don't know if I can about 35th or whatever. And I'm like, you see Sylvester over there? They just brought him back and, and Doctor Who is celebrating at 60th, so you can get back in the spandex at 35. <laughs> He actually said that uh, he and Sylvester actually went out for drinks like the oh, night before. Uh, <laughs> nice. Apparently, Sylvester forgot his spoons. Oh, so yes. yeah, I saw I saw some people coming out of Sylvester's panel, and I asked if he played spoons, and then the lady was like, "No, he forgot them." Mm. Like, all right, well, apparently, I need to start watching Sylvester's uh, social media feed. So when he's like, "Hey." I'm going to be at this convention this coming week. I'm going to be like, don't forget your spoon, Sylvester. <laughs> yeah. Unless somebody confiscated them. Not no, cool. apparently he forgot them. Okay. You know, it happens when you get older. Yes. <laughs> so. And we were talking about how Sylvester is just a, even at his age, he's a loose cannon. So. <laughs> Yeah, because both both Sylvester and Steve were both at the very first PopCon. Oh, which wow. Which is where I, met, where's, where I met both of them for the first time. So, um, and yeah, Steve remembers Sylvester being a, a 
you know, a stick of dynamite then. So <laughs> Nitro nine. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He is Sylvester something else. I love him, but he uh I would not want to be in charge of him. <laughs> in those pictures you see that mischievous twinkle in his eye that's got to be there 24 7 <laughs> absolutely yeah. so but anyway uh, then we came home and then i proceeded to get concred so Ooh, that was, that's my that's my that's my very very cliff notes adventure at lexington comic and toy convention so i had a lot of fun the pictures yeah. you posted were awesome thanks i i would have yeah i there's like i i didn't get to go to any panels because i ended up spending way more time in line than i thought it was going to um for for some of these things and that eventually you get to the point where it's like okay there's this panel that i really want to go to but i also really kind of need to eat yeah or, yeah and uh, you know like me 10 years ago would have been like ah you know I'll, I'll just i'll grab something you know i'll find something's quick to eat or you know i'll just grab something after i'll be fine for another 45 minutes or whatever but now i'm like yeah no sorry i gotta eat <laughs> so <laughs> to, to paraphrase a certain scene plant <laughs> yes exactly yeah like i'm i'm too old to like not listen to my body when it says drink something eat something sit down <laughs> yes exactly yes but uh i i appreciate uh the folks at lexington uh they they put on a really good show um you know, even if I did not get offered any fingernail clippings this time, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, I always seem to have some sort of story coming out of this one, whether it's fingernail clippings or you know, talking Dungeons and Dragons with Steve from Blue Scholars. <laughs> awesome, 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 awesome. Uh, I pre I appreciate the the uh, the uh, the uh, giving of the press badge um, from the folks there. I hope I did them justice with my postings. Um, I'm so glad there's Wi-Fi uh, <laughs> at the at the convention center. Please continue that to be a thing. Um, and again, the Marriott for the room upgrade. My husband really appreciated it. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe we'll see you again next year. Who knows? But anyway, feedback. We got feedback. We need to get through here really quickly. So feedback from Shalane, of course, because we talk musicals. Shalane's right on it. She says yes, this is the second. Yeah, so this is the second musical of the year you talked about. <laughs> It's about to be the third. Um, I remember. Uh, uh, I remember Lay Miz back when I was around sixth or seventh grade at the local theater company here in Utah, and I was blown away. As you should be. If you're not blown away seeing Lay Miz, then Something's either wrong. there's something seriously <laughs> wrong with the production or something wrong with you. Uh, uh, so then I kind of forgot about it uh, because I was really into Wicked and Phantom more. 
yeah, it happens. Uh, while I enjoy those, I saw uh, I saw the book of Les Mis is a huge was a huge book. Yes, it is a huge book. Um, written by the same author as Hunchback. Yep. Um, and then around my senior year, the movie Who Jackman and Hathaway and Russell Crowe came out. I enjoyed it. Remember some of the songs and they get stuck in your head. Yes, they do. Uh, enjoyed the music and fell in love with it. Um, but then I also enjoyed the concert version at the Royal Albert Hall uh, with Judy Kuhn and Leah Salonga, both technically Disney princesses, <laughs> Pocahontas and Mulan, respectively. Um, they are part of the OG cast. Yep. Uh, says I love Hugh Jackman in The Greatest Showman more than Les Mis. Yeah, because The Greatest Showman does a better job with the music and mm-hmm. showing off what Hugh Jackman can do. So. Yeah, uh-huh. not yes. making everybody ugly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Spoiler alert: Shalane may or may not have requested uh, Greatest Showman for Patreon, a gold standard that may be coming up at some point later this year. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That will be an interesting one to to, to hear your thoughts on. <laughs> uh, she says also in the 2012 movie, she says Eddie Redmayne sounds like Kermit the Frog when he's singing. <laughs> oh, that! I think Eddie Redmayne actually is one of the best singers in that movie, considering yeah, consider <laughs> what they did, yeah, considering the circumstances. So but again everyone's opinion everyone's got their own opinion so plus she loves aaron tevitt who plays his friend one of his friends who's also done lots of musicals like the broadway version of moulin rouge um she says uh so, so you guys are. We'll just talk about Lay Miz on this podcast instead of Gold Standard, yeah, unless somebody requested on Patreon. More than likely, um, just like we're singing in the rain, <laughs> somebody somebody's got to request it. Um, it says uh, another musical we will talk about on Gold Standard is Chicago. Yes, we will very soon. Um, she says a friend of hers from college did a one man sh- one man singing of One Day More. That's interesting. There's a lot of parts in that. Um, and then she says, another friend of hers and uh, some theater people did a virtual version of One Day More during the pandemic, which I'm sure is a lot easier than doing it as one pe- single person. So she, she asked, oh, are you going to talk about hairspray? Yes, at some point. Yes, we will talk about hairspray. <laughs> I love me some hairs. I have a hairspray tattoo. That's how much I love hairspray. Uh, I have a retro can of hairspray, and it's spraying in in the in the mist. You know, it looks like almost like a speech bubble, and it says you can't stop the beat. So yeah, I love hairspray. (laughs) Uh, She says I'm waiting for a Scooby Doo musical. Well, give it time. Um, so did you girls know there's a King Kong musical? Yes, I know there was a King Kong musical. Actually, has a connection to the show we're about to talk about, actually. Um, and she says Encanto did win for Best Animated Feature that year. Oh, it did. 
I've slept since then. So glad you remember these things, Shalane, because I sure don't. You're keeping us honest. <laughs> yes. He's got it all cataloged. Yep. Uh, and then from Aaron, his subject line, crying at all is not allowed, not on my castle on a cloud. <laughs> <laughs> Says, hello, my five-ish hosts. I love the latest episode on Les Miserables. I, I'll try not to gush too much, but I love Les Mis so much. With the 2012 musical adaptation, I appreciate it for what it is. That's about best we can do. It could have been better, but also could have been much worse. That is true. I loved your criticisms about camera work, mainly because this is the same kind of sloppy direction that somehow won Tom Hooper Best Director for The King's Speech. He really needs to learn that not every shot needs to be a close-up of the actor's face. <laughs> Probably what makes them look so ugly. Yes, um, I was about I was about to say that. You beat me too. It's like let's see all the snot coming out of Anne Hathaway's nose. Uh, one as <laughs> the one aspect I really liked is how the song "I Dreamed a Dream" was moved back a little, so it was less about Fontaine being thrown out on the streets and more about her lamenting on having to get give give up hope. I can speak in terms of the book; it's wonderful. I have the unabridged sixty-hour audio book. Why? Wow. Which has gotten me through some long work days. Okay, I guess that's fair. Part of your discussion was how large portions were devoted to Hugo's essays. What I like about most, not all of these, are that they are related to the current topic of the story. They can be long-winded, but he's giving context to the character's surroundings. My favorite example is him going into depth about street slang. It may seem silly, but it builds upon the backstory of Gavosh and how ju just how caring he is. Sad facts, his parents are the Th Thanandiers, but they kicked him and his brothers out onto the streets because they have no use for sons. Yeah, the Thanandiers actually have way more kids than just Eponine uh, in, the, in the book, though. So. Uh, so finally, I've been collecting movie adaptations over the years, and these are my two favorites. Raymond Bernard's 1934 trilogy, sometimes presented as a five-hour continuous movie, but originally three separate movies, this tries to cover as much of the story as possible in Glenn Jordan's 1978. This focuses on Jean Valjean and cuts out most aspects not imperative to his story. For example, the Thenardiers only have about five minutes of screen time. The biggest treat, Anthony Perkins stars as Javert and he's fantastic. As always, thanks for the great podcast and take care, Aaron. Interesting. Anthony hey, Perkins as Javert. That's... Huh. Huh. I'm trying to picture it and all I'm getting is psycho. Uh yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it's one of those things you gotta see it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because 1978's several years after psycho. Uh <laughs> didn't want to get typecast. Yeah, I guess. So well, thank you, Aaron and Shalane. So all right, moving on to this week's main topic which does include a musical among other things but celebrating its 35th anniversary of the film release is and i think this is the first time we're doing a tim burton movie in all the years we've been doing this believe you're right is beetlejuice mm -hmm. Released in 1988, of course, directed by Tim Burton, 
with a which was this was only Tim Burton's second feature film <laughs> under his belt. Um, but of course, uh, quite the cast with Alec Baldwin as Adam, Gina Davis as Barbara, um, and Michael Keaton as the eponymous Beetlejuice or Beetlegeist. Um, <laughs> Catherine O'Hara as Delia, uh, Jeffrey Jones as Charles, and Winona Ryder as Lydia. So, um, it you know, was really funny is it wasn't until like four or five years ago chauncey my chauncey who loves like horror movies and could sit and watch like friday the 13th and whatever till the day is long loves going to haunted houses loves all things halloween had never seen beetlejuice until i made him watch it wow wow just in the last few years so i was like how have you never seen this yeah what's wrong with you uh -huh. <laughs> not 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 slashery enough for him or something i guess i mean the thing is is that the the production of beetlejuice just the movie mm -hmm. was a thing <laughs> granted oh, this I is this is hollywood in the late 80s which is yeah. a thing itself um yeah tim burton had only done one other film so he was still very wet behind the ears so not necessarily mm -hmm. people were going to just give him a, a you know a multi-million dollar movie to do right but, it, wasn't, but, it wasn't automatically like here money go do a thing right yeah. yeah um but there was a script that had been floating around from place to place called beetlejuice um and when Burton found out about it, he was on it. Because a lot of people, like, they really liked the script and the premise. But mm -hmm. just nobody had any idea how the hell they were going to actually turn this into a movie. Yeah, because if you look at the story, you're just like... And especially, I mean, because this is one of those that's like... You know, you talk about, you know, key movies for, for special effects and and things like that this is one of those movies that really set the bar pretty high for especially practical effects mm -hmm. oh yeah and then, this is all practical yeah i think maybe there's a little bit of like digital like cleanup in yeah, some spots like the, yeah the, but yeah, anything but digital. pretty much it is it is all practical i mean obviously stop motion but still that is mm -hmm. practical it's not cgi well yeah. And it works for what the story is because you know they're they're it's like you know these creatures and stuff from the afterlife. So of course it's going to be weird and bizarre yeah. and kind of mm -hmm. look unsettling. So that works for what for 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 what the setting is. Yeah. And so it's so it's it's I don't know. Like I remember the first time I saw it. I cannot remember how old I was. Um, but I know because I I watched the the Saturday morning cartoon version and loved it. Oh, I, I loved the cartoon. The cartoon was amazing. It was just it was just I don't know. Maybe it kind of maybe that like set my uh, set my sense of humor or like what I, kind of. I identified with I cartoon Lydia. Yes, and then I finally <laughs> saw the movie, and I'm like, this is nothing like the cartoon because nope. <laughs> Beetlejuice was actually kind of the bad guy. 
Yes. And, and Lydia, he and Lydia were not were not good friends at all. But oh, uh-huh. but it's still it's still interesting, and I love the ending, and I love like how everything kind of works out because it's yeah, it's creepy and unsettling, but there's a happy ending at the at the end, and everybody kind of you know learns to live with each other in this mm-hmm. haunted house. Mm-hmm. It's like here's our friendly ghosts, it, you know, not you know not necessarily Casper-ish, but it's like eh. You know, it all kind of works out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just make sure you talk to them first before you decide to do any major redecorating. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, yeah. Yeah, because the, the original script was closer to a traditional horror film. Right. Where yeah, it was a lot was, more gory. And yeah, it was a lot and... more gore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Be- Beetlejuice was actually trying to actively kill Lydia and her family. <laughs> wow. or at least Lydia's family um, and he was you know trying to do awful things to Lydia um, so yeah it was going to be way more in vain of kind of the almost run of the mill 80s horror films you know you're, you're it's going to be closer to probably Nightmare on Elm Street right. than yeah. what we ended up getting and but once t- Tim Burton got his hands on it, he realized that if we really played into the camp and the part of comedy, it, the stuff that people now make fun of for some a lot of those movies, where it's like the special effects have not aged well, yeah, and the really bad jokes, you know, the puns, the mm-hmm. the quippy one liners, um if they played into those tropes then they could have something really special mm-hmm. and unique on their on their hands and so yeah. that's what they did is they made beetlejuice instead almost like this con artist yeah who is like this frat boy that just never has grown up mm-hmm. yeah um yeah and the having like even even other even other ghosts and ghouls are like oh this guy you know he's so obnoxious so this we can't stand him but also we're you know we don't want to piss him off either yeah because he is he is extremely powerful yes as long as he's contained he's just Mm -hmm. annoying is a thing it's like you know he'll you know he can still do things but it's very, very tampered down. So mostly what mm-hmm. he's going to do is just annoy or disgust you. Yeah. Depending on who you are. <laughs> he's going to push all your buttons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and get under your skin. Um, it's just when, you know, you say your name, say his name three times, you need to let him loose. And then he got he You know, it's kind of the, the training wheels are off. Yeah. With his he, powers he, he... is when he becomes extremely dangerous. But even then, the juvenile frat boy part of him is still there. Yeah, he's very much a trickster, which tricksters mm-hmm. can be a lot of fun. Yes. When, you know, they're not totally, completely unleashed their full, full unlimited power. Yeah. 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 So, so I think that's what makes him fun and endearing. So it's like, yes, he's the antagonist, I guess the villain, quote unquote, of, of the show, but at the same time, you kind of like him in in certain in certain aspects, and part of that is Michael Keaton's performance because he just I don't know he's just got that kind of 
crazy-eyed, wild performance that he pulls off. That you know he did in and he Batman plays it so well. Yeah, and he does it so well, but it's like it's kind of got a wink and a nod to the audience, like, yeah, I'm play- I'm playing this up, but uh, which he only he appears in less than 15 minutes of the film. And the movie is yeah. literally titled Beetlejuice. He is literally the yeah. title character. And he's well, in it for yeah. less than 15 minutes. Yeah, but you remember <laughs> him. Yeah. He is he is very memorable and he is he is worth the 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 prominence on the poster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's just it's... so it's so over the top and it's, it's yeah. quite enjoyable. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, you know, what's kind of funny is, like, this was, obviously, the next year, Michael Keaton and Tim Burton would pair up again for Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, this was the start of, and this was also this the, kind of the, the start of the Tim Burton-Danny Elfman mm-hmm. collaboration, very much like with, uh, you know, Steven Spielberg and John Williams. Yes. Tim Burton and Danny Elfman are very much the same. Many beautiful friendships were begun on this movie. Let's say mm-hmm. that. Yeah. You know, we would get, uh, you know, Winona Ryder. She would end up doing Edward Scissorhands, mm-hmm. you know, which is also a Tim Burton movie. Um, music by Danny Elfman. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it's kind of interesting that, you know, we have kind of these these two, well, three, actually, actors who were kind of big at the time, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. You know, you have Michael Keaton, you've got Winona Ryder, you've got Catherine O'Hara, and they just kind of yep. seem to disappear. Uh-huh. After a while, and now all three of them are having like a resurgence in their career. Like Michael Keaton mm-hmm. ever said, you know, he, he had his big comeback in you know Birdman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, now he's back as Batman. You know, he's gonna be Batman in the Flash. Mm-hmm. Uh the Flash oh, yeah, movie, Winona Ryder. Thinks, yeah, you know, you know, yeah, he's part of the MCU. You know, Winona Ryder thinks of Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Is gotten a resurgence. Catherine O'Hara, you know, obviously she did this. You know, she plays, you know, the mom in Home Alone, both of the Home Alone movies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's, she's one of those character of, actress, character yeah. actresses. Well, she, but then she's also she got the, a, uh, well, she's the voice of Sally in um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then she's had a resurgence with uh, Schitt's Creek. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yep. In, in the last few years so it's it's kind of and it's kind of interesting uh you know 35 years later how some of this cast is like oh yeah we're back look look at us so um, like we we went away for a little while but then we came back and we're awesome. yeah yeah um so um but uh you know it's a you know, no offense to Dick Cavett, but uh, uh, <laughs> he was old even by then. Um, mm-hmm. um, but uh, but yeah, and, and the character, like the, because this movie, it was on a fifteen million dollar budget, which wow is not a lot, even in eighties money. 
that is not a lot yeah and a lot of uh, they were able to do that because of a lot of the, the doing the practical effects yeah you know to because tim burton was like well we'll do the practical effects and not care so much if they don't if they look cheap because mm-hmm. that's the point yes and, and therefore we can get it. away with cutting corners <laughs> you know and, and not you know yeah squeezing every last dime yeah. out of the the special effects budget and you know right now we're kind of in this 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 time where we're like oh those 80s movies were so good and so you know memorable and timeless and i think a lot of that is because they were cheap <laughs> because they had to get creative on how they did you know different effects and makeup and and things and not you know not just mm-hmm. with this movie but you know lots of movies from the 80s and and obviously the the technology is very different than what we have now but it's like you know it it you know the all the practical effects they look like they're there and even if it looks a little janky with the stop motion fine it's like that's part of the charm of it so there's like all these really memorable things especially about this movie that you know we go back we're like oh yeah i love you know that i love seeing this stuff i love the imagination and the creativity that went into it because they didn't have the money and they didn't have the resources to, mm-hmm. to go out and, and do all the really crazy outlandish sorts of things because it just wasn't doable but yet they still made it work and they and they made something that was you know almost timeless even though obviously you know the uh, the the Maitlands are very you know they're you know very uh, 80s outfits and mm-hmm. you know I, I always laugh at Adam Vault or no Adam Alec Baldwin's big old 80s glasses but it's like yeah it kind of fits just fits the character mm-hmm. so it's all it's all good so even though that that part looks dated the rest of it doesn't yeah yeah and and that's kind of what I think has made the you know it, it ended up being kind of this this sleeper hit making like 75 million dollars or something like that which yeah. on a 15 million dollar budget that's a pretty good tur- you know return oh, on yeah. investment you 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 made your money and then some <laughs> yeah um and it even won an academy award for best makeup so i, I yeah <laughs> even not knowing what it was up against that year and i, I know we could look it up i'm like it kind of feels like it it was if it hadn't the one, there would have been there there would have been strongly worded letters to the academy. Mm-hmm. Yep, very much. Um, you know, and the 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 character of Beetlejuice has been a a, a staple even after all this time. He, I mean, mm-hmm. he was a regular at the Universal Studios during Halloween time. Mm-hmm. um you know during their their halloween horror nights he had his own stage show which itself yeah. was very cheesy it was a lot of 80s music uh yeah <laughs> um yeah and then you had beetlejuice as a walk around character very much you know the the very much embodying the michael keaton version mm-hmm. you know with the the gravelly voice and the you know just kind of like yeah, you, you kind of want to like him, but at the same time, he kind of makes your stomach turn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, okay, I will stand over here and I will watch you be wild and goofy and crazy, but I don't want to get any closer to you if I don't have to. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's like I don't I don't think they make you know medicines for whatever it is I might catch from you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, the and like I said, we had we had the cartoon that was mm -hmm. around for three seasons. Um, you know, not other than the characters' names, mm. other than Beetlejuice and Lydia, really not no. any sort but, of like, you know, well, real no, connection it, to the to the to the to the movie. Yeah, uh, although it has got it, it it has got to have one of the best title you know, opening credit. Yeah, songs. and and Danny Early, Elfman yeah. did did redo the the music. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, the music to, to make and it the animation fit. for that. I like it's been years since I saw that show. I still remember just how how much fun it was. And now I'm like, oh, I need to look that up. See if it's streaming somewhere. Or, you know, yeah, just maybe it's somewhere. it wasn't as of a few years ago. Um, and at one point. Uh, I want to say Shout Factory, who's done a lot yeah. of like cartoon TV show DVD releases, mm -hmm. was going to release it. Haven't. Yeah. I'm gonna. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna have I to do think. a little bit of digging and see what I can find because um, I just I remember, and my mom thought thought I was nuts for this, but we, but like I would sit there and we had this little um, black and white TV that just kind of sat on the kitchen counter, and I'd sit mm -hmm. there. And watch it, you know, Saturday morning. It was black, it, you know, our little TV was black and white. But I, so I remember watching it in black and white. Then we got, I mean, we had a color TV, so I'd watch it with that too. So I kind of got it in both ways. But it was just so like I just remember sitting there Saturday morning eating cereal, watching cartoons, and my mom's like, "Why are you watching that?" I'm like, "I don't know. It's funny, <laughs> cartoons, yay!" Mm -hmm. But that that was also kind of a thing back late '80s, early '90s. That there was a big hit uh, movie they would make a cartoon out of it. <laughs> mm -hmm. And there were a couple of video with... games that yeah. were... Eh. Um, well, video games at the time, you know, tie-in video games were kind of hit and miss. Yeah. At, in that Very time much. period. So. Yeah. Um, but then, fast forward to the early 2010s, and we've got uh you know anything and everything being you, you still have you know we obviously we've talked about very traditional musicals you know things like the music man uh mm -hmm. again kind of connected to this uh <laughs> in a weird round roundabout way um and uh you know singing in the rain you know those those classic musicals that mm -hmm. you know you can put on uh, for you know, from age two to 102, and yeah. they're likely to find some sort of entertainment. But at the same time, we're getting these seemingly random IPs turned into mu musicals. You know, we've got, I mean, now we've got Legally Blonde, the musical, which I love. Uh, <laughs> you know, we've got Mean Girls, <laughs> that is a musical. Um, so, uh, you know uh <laughs> some better than others um we're gonna but, use spider-man uh, yeah 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 exactly <laughs> um sorry you two you missed the boat on that one but good on you brian adams you're pretty woman yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. But um there was um the uh you've got these uh film companies, you know, Disney, obviously mm-hmm. Disney at this point, huge on Broadway, you know, Lion King. Yeah, you know, we've got yeah, we've got Beauty, Beauty Mary Poppins. We've yeah. got yeah, we've got Frozen. You know, Frozen is 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 coming on tour next season through Indianapolis. I'm very excited. Uh, <laughs> so Good Little Mermaid, if I remember. Yeah, right. yeah, you got Little Mermaid. So you know, Disney was killing it, going from film studio to Broadway, and then you got these other film studios that are like, well, wait a minute, you know. Why can't we do that too? (laughs) We've got IP. Let's do this. Let's hire. That's not fair. Um, Hire, hire, I mean, you know, a composer and a lyricist and the, you know, see what, see what what comes up. Yeah. I mean, that's, that was kind of the idea and that's what Warner Brothers thought they could do. Um, And, uh, there was <laughs> the somebody convinced them that Beetlejuice would make a really good musical, mm-hmm. um, and they were like, "Well, you know, we can't do any worse than what we've already tried, so sure, why not?" Um, so it got shopped around, uh, trying, you know, trying to find, you know, the, they had people doing the book, but you know they and lyrics, but you know they need to, pe- you know, they need someone to do music. Um, the guy that ended up being the uh, the music, uh, uh, Eddie Perfect, um, was uh, an Australian. I'm gonna have a, a several videos linked in the show notes. Thank you, YouTube. Um, thank you, waiting in the wings specifically i love your channel when it comes to doing this stuff uh as a resource um and uh he was living in australia but he had these dreams of being a, a musical you know composer for probably musicals and he wasn't having much luck in australia and his wife said we'll go to new york so he would go to he went to new york and would fly home to australia like every four months <laughs> Wow, and uh, you know he wasn't really getting anywhere, and eventually he found out about this this Beetlejuice musical that was happening. So he calls up his agent, and agent was like, uh, you know, and he was like, you know what, I'll do two songs for free. You know, and you know if they don't like it, great, it doesn't cost them any money, and it gives it. You know, it's like it gives me something to do. Yeah. <laughs> So they managed to get him a, a copy of, you know, a script or, you know, book or whatever. Um, and he ends up writing um, the opening, the not the opening opening number, because the opening number is Lydia's ballad at her mother's funeral. <laughs> um, oh, geez. Uh, but the, 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 the true big flashy opening number, the whole being dead thing, uh, which at the moment is my favorite. Um, he wrote that um and then he wrote one of lydia's other songs i can't remember um and the they you know he sent it to the you know the the people and they were like this guy's got it 
he's <laughs> hired. So, um, but Eddie Perfect would go on to do the music for the King Kong musical. So there's your connection to the King Kong musical. Uh, <laughs> oh my. Um, but uh, yeah, so it, it got, it got, uh, it got worked on. They had, uh, you know, an opening in um, Washington, uh, D.C., uh, where they could get initial feedback. It got reworked a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, because they, they wanted to still have that Tim Burton-esque feel without trying to musicalize a beat-for-beat -beat redo of the film. So instead they start with Lydia's mom being dead because, you know, Catherine O'Hara in the film is her stepmom. She even makes sure to mention that at one point to, mm -hmm. to the Maitlands. Um, and um, so this kind of gives us, a, you know, an idea of what happened to, to Lydia's mom. We, we find out she died. At, you know, she's not gone because a divorce or whatever. Um, and, we, and then we saw the Maitlands they die this time they die because the creaky floorboards in their house give way and they fall to their death <laughs> so, <laughs> um and they you know we're introduced to beetlejuice uh through them um but in this case up until a certain point in the musical beetlejuice and lydia kind of become friends because Lydia is so unhappy with her life and does not, you know, she's depressed because her mom is dead and her dad seems to be living in denial and just kind of acting like he's not a widow, uh, you know, a widower. Um, and, you know, she makes, she makes, she meets the Maitlands and she meets Beetlejuice and they become friends. And then she and Beetlejuice team up together to essentially drive her dad nuts. <laughs> so, but eventually it, it you know she realizes that beetlejuice is more than he what lets on and they have to you know exact revenge and we get kind of the same thing with the the wedding you know um and uh yep. you know the giant sand snake and all that yeah you know, beetlejuice eventually gets defeated at the end and all that um so it 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 follows the movie well enough but it's not exact. Um, yeah, you know, we still get the 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 Deo. <laughs> yeah, we still get Deo, and you know, jump in the line. Yes, um, exactly. Which those movies, those songs were written specifically for that movie. Wow. <laughs> you oh, would think okay. they were, Yeah, you would think they were like classic, like calypso, like music that they just got the rights to. No. Yeah. He wrote those specifically for the film. <laughs> So, <laughs> I had no idea, but now that you've said that, it's like, yeah, it's like, of course you're gonna put those in the musical. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, you can't have to, because they're so yeah. they're so iconic. That what's well, what's funny is the Deo scene in the film. Tim Burton hated. He mm, thought really? it wasn't funny. He thought it wasn't funny at all. I and then thought, they oh showed gosh. it. He then they showed it to people, and people were just loving it. And he realized how wrong he was. Yeah, I mean that's classic. <laughs> I'm, I mean, that, I'm glad for that. And then the the ending with her. I mean, how many of us when we saw that we were like, would have loved the ability to float up in the air and mm -hmm. bust a move? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, it's just 
it's those little moments that it's like it may, yeah yeah this this show this this movie is kind of dark and macabre but then it's also got you know hey you're a ghost you're gonna have a dance party mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. well and i love beetlejuice's come up and set the end <laughs> mm-hmm. switching the number at the uh dm <laughs> He did yeah, DMV area, yeah. and then uh, and, and that was a, that was another that, that was another that was another thing you know to to take it from the you know traditional kind of horror film was like mm-hmm. well what if the afterlife was just bureaucracy yeah you know, like going to the BMV <laughs> yeah. here so. fill out this paperwork and you got to mm-hmm. do this and you know take a number. You know, and those kinds of things, it's like, it just makes it, like, everybody, you know, everybody has, every culture has some sort of, you know, afterlife, you know, what happens and everything, and then, you know, then you just have this, here, we're just going to make fun of it. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, we're all, we're all scared of it or nervous or what's going to happen, but here you go. This is, this is kind of a more comedic take on it, and maybe, maybe it'll be a little more palatable. De- death really isn't that big of a deal. <laughs> Here's your hand. I, I guess I, I guess I should say that like the the banana the banana boat song is a traditional song. It's just that version was written for, right for the, mm-hmm. for the for the film. So um, <laughs> um, still cool. Yeah, yeah, it's still cool. Um, but uh, but yeah, so they 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 figured out. It's like how do how do you take the practical effects of the film and do that on stage um and they, they because of the technology nowadays mm-hmm. thank goodness they were able to do some things because pretty much everything takes place within the maitland's house you know some room of the house whether it's the attic the roof the outside you know the front yard the kitchen you know the dining room whatever so um, but it essentially takes place in one location, so they're able to do things with lighting and projections that they would not be able to do otherwise. But there is still some practical, fa- like they they have a giant sand snake, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but, I, I could see Broadway. Like Juice even like mentions it in the opening number. Hey, there's a giant snake here. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you, they, you kind of need that. Yeah, yeah, and and they've made it so that like uh, Beetlejuice in the musical is kind of your narrator, mm-hmm. while the story is the folk. The focus is really on Lydia and her trying to deal with the death of her mother. You know, being an angsty teenager and all and all that stuff. Yeah, you know, she's the heart of the story, and then you've got Beetlejuice as kind of your your MC, your narrator. But he's also yeah. actively participating in it, but also breaking the fourth wall. Um, the the a lot of uh, you know, especially that opening number is very adjustable. So mm-hmm. I will I will put links in the show notes where they have done performances on like the View and the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, the Today Show, where they have changed the lyrics to fit whatever TV show they're on. Nice. It actively referenced where they are and what they're doing. So um, it's quite impressive. One of the videos I watched on YouTube, somebody referred to Beetlejuice in the musical as that universe's Deadpool. 
sense. I can see it. Yeah. 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 He's he's the Deadpool of the Broadway stage. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Like, yeah, that that kind of fits. That kind of fits. So um, but you know, the 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 musical, you know, after all the the bajillion rewrites like you do, um, and adjustments, it finally opens at um the on Broadway at the Winter Garden Theater. Um, it ended up getting nominated for eight Tonys. It didn't win any, but it got nominated. Um, at one point, it started to slack its ticket sales. And funnily enough, what saved it was the gal playing uh uh the understudy for Lydia was mm-hmm. playing on TikTok one day while at the theater and uh the Alex Brightman who played Beetlejuice um asked her he's like you know what is this TikTok thing and they decided to do make some TikToks with some of the cast and it kind of blew up <laughs> and wow. it kind of exposed the musical to a younger demographic that they hadn't necessarily been catering towards and so they adjusted like their ticket prices accordingly knowing that you know the younger folks didn't have as much money to spend um so yeah actually tiktok saved beetlejuice at least the first time around the musical (laughs) (laughs) um and then the pandemic happened Uh, of course but before the pandemic happened, they had already been told that they were going to have to close. And they were told in 2019 that they were going to be clo- there. They would be closing up in June of 2020 so that they could clear out and make way for the music man with Hugh Jackman, um, who was expected to come in and, and take the take the, the spot of the Winter Garden Theater. Uh, and the you know the the guys the old rich white guys that own that particular theater they own like several dozen Broadway theaters in New York City um, knew that Hugh Jackman was a big name and they could wait, make a crap ton more money with Hugh Jackman as a headliner as opposed to this silly little. Beetlejuice musical that was becoming very popular with like millennials, you know, and Gen Zers. <laughs> so they already they already had their like you know eviction notice, but then the pandemic happens. Yeah. So then everybody had to leave, and Broadway shut down for months on end, um, and then uh, eventually. They were able, you know, Broadway shows were able to reopen again. So they were able to come back, reopen, do their final run. It closed January uh, officially of, um, uh, you know, um, and then um, it officially closed January actually this year because they, they, um, in between the pandemic, because of the pandemic it actually kind of worked out in their favor at least as far as the 
when they would actually have to close. So they were able to move theaters mm -hmm. to the Marquee Theater and were able to reopen April of 2022. And then it officially closed this past January. Um, because obviously the Music Man went into the Winter Garden and just closed recently as well, as we've recently talked about. Yep. Um, so, but it is now going on tour. Um, so um, you can check the website to see, you know, if, if and when it's going to be near you. Unfortunately, it's not coming anywhere near me, at least, you know, through this leg of the tour Chrissy it's mm -hmm. going to be in your area actually <laughs> and, I will have to look into that yeah. it has been it's, it's really going to be it's, it's yeah it's going to be in Salt Lake in uh, August so oh shoot we're going I gotta see when when because we're going we're going on vacation in August <laughs> yeah I'll have no, to look it up because unfortunately it it's not coming anywhere near me <laughs> um but uh but yeah so it's like but i mean for you know technically i mean it ran from 2018 to the pan when the pandemic made it close so mm -hmm. not quite two-ish years and then another not quite year um well not the most mostly, like spectacular yeah. run but we did have a global pandemic in there. And from what I've seen, it's got a very, very strong, very strong following. Well, I mean, closing to go on tour is not a bad reason. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, that that that's that that is very true. The fact that it's, you know, it's not just closed and suddenly people are like, well, no, I'll never get to see it because it, you have to a close. Yeah. on broadway to be able to go on tour that i guess that's like the rule is a, a, yeah. an active show on broadway cannot also be on tour at the same time i learned that from shalane so. <laughs> <laughs> well and you know some of us are probably don't have very very high odds of making it to broadway to actually see it so, so that that is also it. very true yes yeah, so we appreciate it when when these tours happen and they come out and Come see us out here in flyover country. Because mm -hmm. we yeah. like theater too. And in the meantime, you can listen to the 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 cast soundtrack, which is on Spotify, and apparently apparently was the most streamed Broadway cast album on Spotify at the time when it was released. Wow. Or I think not even just Spotify on any like music streaming service. It was like the most streamed broadway cast album at the time so and i can understand why i mean it's it's the music is very cool um it's not like one specific genre um you know it's got it's got some ballads it's got some funny bits you know beetlejuice being beetlejuice he just kind of uh you know can bounce around from one thing to another um even in the opening number, you know, he goes from, you know, it's kind of this big, you know, flashy opening number, you know, welcome to a show about debt, you know, to being like a, a jazz lounge crooner to, you know, mm -hmm. 
you know, Lydia, you know, a, a lot of her music is kind of like what you'd expect, like an emo, angsty, goth teen to be like, you know, like, bit, you know, writing on their mm-hmm. acoustic guitar while they're holed up in their room. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, I looked up the good. dates. I looked up the dates for when they're coming to Salt Lake. That is actually the the week we are going on vacation. Oh no! So oh, I'm not no. even gonna be here to get tickets to go. No. It's already, our, we've already got the, the stuff booked and the the, the whatever the, the cabin booked and everything. So I'm like, oh, oh no. no. Okay. Although apparently we are getting rain is in June and July. So nice. <laughs> that's probably the same touring lame is that i just saw oh uh, i i i bet it is yeah i one of the one of the cast members he had family um visiting and they were they were standing out in the parking lot afterwards and i heard him talking one of the guys with and he was saying he's like yeah i'm a you know i'm signed on through like october of next year so we're just that show so i would not be surprised but hopefully this tour does well so then it can continue to tour and go other places like near me there you go because i really want to see it because i like there's there's lots of clips out there some official yeah. some not there's an official beetlejuice musical youtube channel and tiktok uh <laughs> so you can find official stuff out there. You can find not official stuff out there. I've yet to see anyone's like bootleg of the entire show. <laughs> uh, supposedly there is like professionally shot footage out there that just needs their fans are like waiting to see if they'll release it on like DVD or Blu-ray at, at some point. Um which I think could be cool because I'd I'd love to see some of these the special effects and stuff more of more of them in in you know how they how they roll because it's just you know the, I mean Tim Burton has a very distinct look you can just kind of mm-hmm. see something and you're like yeah that's Tim Burton yep. yeah they're oh, just yeah. certain certain directors that you're like that's 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 Tim Burton oh shit's blowing up blowing up well that's Michael Bay. Uh-huh. <laughs> very distinctive oh. style yeah is it bright and colorful and full of pastels well that's wes anderson um so, <laughs> um, so yeah but i've i've been listening to the the cast soundtrack and it, it sounds really cool if it's watching the clips like i get the gist of what the show is um it's just I've yet to actually see it in person, but I hope that that will change at some point in the future-ish couple years, maybe. Hopefully, people go see it so it can keep touring. <laughs> Please. I think it's cool. I think I think it's very I think it's very cool that you know that something as random as Beetlejuice, you know, has gotten a life as. A musical of of all things so and of course now supposedly we're getting a sequel to the film uh supposedly winona Ryder is going to return 
we can assume Michael Keaton will return. They'll find some way to bring Beetlejuice back. Supposedly Jenna Ortega, uh, who apparently is this generation's Winona Ryder, uh, <laughs> uh, is going to be in it as well. So um, we'll see. But the 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 ghost with the most um, keeps finding a way to come back in some form or fashion. Thirty five years later. Which is kind kind of wild, but it's cool. I like it. Yeah, um, yeah. Maybe the at some point, um, Universal will. I'm sure they probably have at some point do a Beetlejuice haunted house, since they don't have the stage show anymore. Um, I'm sure they probably have actually. <laughs> at some point in the last thirty five years, would be my guess. Um, if they haven't, they need to get on that because that's perfectly good. I mean, if you could turn Ghostbusters into a haunted house, you can turn Beetlejuice into a haunted house. Oh, I'm sure. No, but yeah, I'm not one for like scary movies and horror movies, but you know, I when they're campy, I can definitely enjoy it. So even if I even if I'm still not a fan of grotesque stuff when they're when it's goofy and silly it makes it a lot a lot more enjoyable than just feeling like you're gonna spend the next hour and a half two hours waiting for your heart to explode out of your chest right i hate that feeling <laughs> yep that's all she wrote for now that is i think I think we've covered it until, until oh, yes. we get the the, the the sequel supposedly. Yeah, whenever whenever that happens. So yep. there we go. Write it in so, pencil, and, folks. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, well, if any of our listeners want to chime in with their thoughts on Beetlejuice in any of its incarnations, whether it's the film, the animated series, or the musical, if you've seen it on tour yet or are planning to, uh, drop us some feedback. Our email address is fiveishfangirls at gmail.com. And our website is thefiveishfangirls.com that has links to all of our social media, places you can leave comments and reviews. Uh, we're on all the all the major podcast feed catcher thingies uh, is a technical term. <laughs> so whatever you like to listen to, we are there. And uh, so leave us a review. And uh, also, if you want to support us on Patreon, we have that option available as well. Um, and a merch shop and a couple other things so check that out on the website and again we thank you for listening and for sending in feedback and for all the ways you interact with us it really helps us out and uh, we appreciate knowing that you are out there listening to our crazy ramblings because we because we're, 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 we're fun that way <laughs> I get to the end and I'm like and words, words are a thing mm -hmm. Unlike the Maitlands, we're not dead. So no, we are not. Although I still I still get freaked out when uh when uh, Barbara does that thing where she turns her face into a giant beak. Yes. It's funny, but it's also like, don't do that again. Yeah. It is a little gross. Yes. But at the same time, it's like, huh, that's what you thought of. Okay. <laughs> And really good special effects. 
<laughs> exactly. It's all practical. Oh. Oh, oh don't, right. Don't say our name three times. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So with that, we're going to sign off for this week. This is Chrissy saying goodnight from Salt Lake City. This is Holly from Wisconsin saying good evening. This is Rachel in the Netherworld. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Be uh, bye bye everyone. <laughs>